this July 18th edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $40 million for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Uh, today is Monday, July the 17th, and we are here with a full card of MLB action for Tuesday, uh, July the 18th. Three-man go today, joining us first up from Houston, Texas, Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, hey, hey, how are you doing? Uh, doing well. Uh, another week goes by, another week of betting starting for the MLB. So definitely looking forward to it. Uh, last week was kind of up and down, so hopefully this week turns out to be better. But glad to be here with you, boys. Yeah, it was a bit of a funky weekend, wasn't it, coming out of the All-Star break, which we kind of knew. Uh, we, we'd said that might be the case, but um, there's definitely winners around. And joining us also tonight, uh, Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through the Tuesday games. I have one question for you, Scott, uh, before we go. Uh, my friend asked me today, um, if I was to give you a two-set, um, five-love, 40-love lead over Djokovic, um, would you win that game or not? Probably not, no. <laughs> you think no? He's the greatest so, yeah. player of all time, so oh, you no. You've got three match points, and then the rest of the... You, well, you couldn't that, take a point. the problem you run into, is that you have three match points, but... After the first three points, you're screwed. <laughs> Automatic, I would definitely, I would definitely beat him. No question. I did that. Moonaf couldn't even see over the net, which is why I didn't ask Moonaf that. But no, I, I thought say, it was but, it. But if you that lose, means I have an advantage then. If you lose that first game with three match points, you're not beating Djokovic in a game. It so would be an uphill struggle from there. I'll win. give you that. Oh, I also I forgot to add. He was on second serve, so you could just. I mean, he, he could double fault you straight into it. What hey, price? Cool. I mean, I, I would take you at plus 170, Scott, I think, in that situation. I think I that's would... a terrible line because other, <laughs> other books other books would give you probably closer to like 20 to 1, but... 20 to 1. <laughs> I've, got more, I've got more faith in you than uh, than I have. Yeah, man. I've moved tonight, Moon Off. I've moved into the West Wing uh, yeah, in an attempt to get see. better Wi-Fi signal. Can you see you have to... Uh, well, I'm on the other side of the doors that I'm normally at, so I haven't moved very far. I've moved about seven yards to the uh, seven yards west is where I've gone. Uh, seven yards, so, man, that's even bigger than my bedroom. <laughs> well, a you casual room over there. I live in funky little apartments, don't you? In America, <laughs> I've seen I've seen the TV. Uh, speaking of TV, TV DBJ. Uh, you see, people think this shit's just thrown together. Trev was first in. Trev, how are you doing? Captain Sano uh, has joined us as well. Uh, so yeah, full card of games. Uh, we have we've got eleven on the board. A uh, few pitching shenanigans as per usual, but um, yeah, we've got more than enough to be going on with. Uh, we will get stuck in once I filled you in on the Circus Survivor contest and the uh, Circus Millions to uh, fourteen million dollars in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Uh, the Circuit Millions contest is five NFL picks against the spread every week, and the Circuit Survivor is just to pick a different money line winner. Sounds easy. Uh, enter in Vegas, play from anywhere, and the Sports Gambling Podcast boys will be out there 
for the last weekend in August. Uh, you need to go to circusports.com for all the details. That is circusports.com. I did say on Twitter today that the uh, the social media intern um, at company headquarters had parlayed his way into an entry uh, for circus sports. So that's real DJ activity. Um, I was delighted with that. Um, I'm looking forward to our Sunday nights. We're not like them pester you uh, for picks again. We 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 swap rules during the Premier League season and the NFL season, where you always message me for a pick. Then I'll during the winter I'll message you for one on a Sunday in NFL. So looking forward to getting back to that. But plenty of baseball between now and then, and we will start tomorrow with a, a 6.40 Eastern first pitch between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Philadelphia Phillies. We have Julio Tehran for Milwaukee. We have Aaron Nola for the Phillies, plus 180 on the Brewers, minus 210 on Philadelphia with a total of nine. Um, Julio Tehran. It's had two horrors, uh, which we were kind of waiting for. We've been, we've been sort of like a ghost at the feast, waiting for Julio to to blow up, and eventually he, he got round to doing it for us. He's given up thirteen earned runs in his last eleven and two thirds, um, including that we had four home run start at the New York Mets. Um, the Brewers are actually playing a little bit better lately. They limited Cincinnati. Uh, they swept them at the weekend, limited them to three runs on 10 hits uh, over those three contests. Uh, and the bullpen's been absolutely outstanding up and down for Milwaukee too. Aaron Nola's numbers are coming down. Uh, eight and six on the year, 439 EOA. But he is hard to trust. He's just looking at his last five starts. Earned runs are four, zero, four, one, four. I mean, what do you do? If you follow that pattern, he's doing a good one tomorrow. Uh, multi-home runs in two of those. He has been better at home, and his last home start was six innings scoreless against Atlanta. And that is good enough for me. Um, as well as the Brewers did over the weekend, they still don't score a load of runs. Uh, Yelich has been absolutely raking. He uh, made some adjustments. He's got his toe tap going instead of his leg kick, and he's been hitting all sorts of things. But I've got to take Philly. The, the price is... Short. Kyle Schwarber homered in three consecutive games too. Uh, so if you like him to stay hot, there's another option. Philly on the run line, don't feel great about it. I've got stronger picks later in the card. Um, that's a price of minus 110, Nuna. Yeah, uh, Aaron Nola in his career at least has been pretty good against the Brewers. I'll, I'll go back to 2021. Uh, four appearances against the Brewers, two and one with a 1.38 ERA, 31 strikeouts in that span. Um, hasn't allowed more. He had one start back in 2021 where he allowed three earned runs and five innings pitch. But outside of that, uh, back-to-back shutouts last year uh, against the Brewers, 15 innings pitch, no earned runs allowed. Uh, and then back in 2021, he had allowed one earned run over six innings. Um, last couple starts or last five starts for the five have been on the road for Aaron Nola. I trust him more at home um, in Philadelphia and against the NL Central this season. He is 3-0, uh, but he does have a 4.00 ERA. But I'll trust Aaron Nola here. Uh, I'll take the Phillies run line here with you. Okay, two for two on the Phillies run line. Scott, are you making it three? Uh, I'm not going to go with the run line. First of all, I'm not going to lay 210 with Nola. So obviously the money line is out of the equation. I like the over uh, in the game at nine. You're looking at Nola's recent numbers. And even though he has been pretty hit or miss lately, one issue is that he gives up a decent amount of home runs, especially lately. He's allowed at least one home run 
and let me just pull up the exact math here. It's it's a lot of games. Uh, sorry, let me just pull this up. Three straight games, three and one, four and one, five and one, six and one, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, uh, thirteen. In fourteen of his last fifteen games, he's allowed at least one home run, and the wind is going to be blowing out to right center field pretty heavily in Philly tomorrow. Supposed to be a 28% increase in home runs, according to Ballpark Pell. So Nola should give up at least one home run. That also means Tehran's going to get buried because he's been a mess. And I do think, once again, Philly has the offensive talent to get the job done pretty easily here. I'd probably look for Tehran over earned runs, maybe consider taking a team total on Philly. But with the wind blowing out and Nola's home run issues, I'd rather not take him on the run line. And the Brewers, once again, have the much better bullpen in this matchup, which kind of scares me off from taking the run line with the home team. I'll go with the team total over for Philly, maybe even for Milwaukee. I can see runs on this game, though. I like the over. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment, Scott. Uh, 7-0-5 each and first pitches. The LA Dodgers at the Baltimore Orioles. Really interesting series, this one. Uh, Michael Grove has the start for the Dodgers and Tyler Wells for Baltimore. Uh, even money on the Dodgers, minus 120 Baltimore. Total is set at nine. Scott, close series. This one should be interesting. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I think I have to go with the Orioles in this one, though, because I'm really, really anti-Grove. I don't think he's a very good pitcher. Uh, Shaheen is going to be pitching on Monday, and he's been hit or miss, but he's had some good moments, which is more than I can say about Grove, because he has not exactly had any good moments to speak of. Uh, one of his better outings was against Pittsburgh, on July 3rd, where he went four innings and only gave up one run. And then against the Angels in the start after that, gave up four runs in six innings. Uh, Wells, I think, is fine. Uh, he also tends to give up some home runs, but I do think when you're looking at which pitcher is better, I got to go with Wells and the Dodgers. Even though they're playing good baseball, so are the Orioles. That kind of cancels out. The Dodgers, though, are not a great road team. Only one game over on the road. The Orioles are 11 games over at home. It's a pretty cheap price, but I do think when you're looking at this matchup, I really just can't trust Grove whatsoever, and the Dodgers' bullpen also not very good. I think for those reasons, I am going to go with the Orioles at around minus 120. Okay, Baltimore for Scott Munaf. Yeah, I agree with uh, Scott here. I can't get behind Michael Grove here. Um, last five games, he's has a 5.32 ERA. He's out 13 in runs and 22 innings pitched. Uh, home runs are a concern for him. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, walks are a concern for Michael Grove. Um, I do like the over in this game. I think Wells can will, will, can give up a few to the Dodgers as well. Uh, we just mentioned, or Scott mentioned, how bad Grove has been and uh, the troubles that he does have as well. So, you know, the Orioles, but I do like the over nine in this game. Um, yeah, Orioles for me here too. Um, Grove's just inconsistent. I'm not keen on him. And uh, I know Scott's repeatedly sort of put me off him over the last few weeks. Baltimore are flagging eight in a row. And Tyler Wells generally being good. I think the question I ask myself is if if, Bell, if Wells gives up two or three earned runs, um, is that enough for Baltimore to go on and win the game uh, behind that bullpen? And it probably is because uh, they, they can get to five or six themselves. So Baltimore at minus 120. Uh, Chris more in the chats in... Um, to lag bet the Orioles late in games uh, behind that Orioles bullpen. He's absolutely right as well. So, yeah, Orioles at minus 120 for me. Um, Aidan, uh, good evening, sir. How are you? Nice of you uh, to join us. If you are in the YouTube comments, um, say hello. And if you're not, 
Get yourself involved, man. It's fun. 7.05 Eastern is the Cleveland Guardians at the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is the first off the board game of the evening. We have Logan Allen, left-handed pitcher for Cleveland, but TBD for Pittsburgh. Um, there must be some rumours floating around. We have some lines. Uh, it's close. Minus 110 for Cleveland and even money for Pittsburgh with a total of eight and a half, Muna. I see Keller, by the way, being the listed okay. pitcher for now on ESPN. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but Keller might be getting the start. Yeah, well, the lines just popped up and I thought there must have been a some sort of offering from Pittsburgh as a pitcher. So, okay, okay Keller at even money then. Uh, Allen and minus one for Cleveland. Yeah, uh, Logan Allen, uh, the Guardians have won six straight starts um, when he, or his last six starts, I should say, have the Guardians won. Uh, five of those six have come at least by two or more runs. He did have two shaky starts in the middle there, uh, which was against, let me see here. Um, San Diego Ast- and Houston. Yeah, San Diego and Houston. Uh, but other than that, the, uh, surprisingly, the offense has done really well uh, when Logan Allen is on the mound for the Guardians. He is, again, the left-handed pitcher. Uh, Mitch Keller by far has been the best pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates thus far this season. He possesses a nine and four record with a 3.31 ERA at home. He's been really good as well. Five and one with a 2.63 ERA. Um, the, unfortunately the Pirates have lost four of his last five starts. Uh, he is coming off of a stellar outing against the Arizona Diamondbacks where he went seven innings, only allowed one hit, did allow five walks in that game, but Diamondbacks weren't able to take advantage of that. Um, did have a bad start against the Dodgers, but again, that is one of the better offenses in the league. But other than that, he's been really solid at home. And if it is a bench killer getting the start, I'll lean towards the under eight and a half in this game. Um, take a look at what the Pirates have done against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks. Uh, they rank number 29 in WRC plus team batting average against left-handed pitching number 29 slugging percentage over the last two weeks. They are dead last and on, um, Sorry, OPS, they are also number 28. So um, like the under eight and a half, uh, if you want to take a look at the Pirates team total under in this game as well. Uh, for the game, I do like the Guardians. I think that Logan Allen, uh, being a left-handed pitcher, can contain the bats here for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So um, Guardians money line and the under eight and a half in this game for me. Okay, yeah. I'll have to the conclusions that I drew was that um, it's one of these classic low-scoring Cleveland wins. Um, Logan Allen had been sent down, but is back to cover Shane Bieber. There was some news about Bieber today, which was positive for Cleveland. No surgery needed. Um, maybe 10 days to two weeks out. Um, but yeah, Logan Allen hadn't gone very deep into games, but he had pitched okay. Um, and Cleveland generally capable of, of holding it together. Pittsburgh made some moves of their own, actually. We know that Quinn Priestley, is going tonight, but Andy Rodriguez, an interesting bat, was coming up for Pittsburgh. But they're just struggling at the moment. They're two and ten in the last twelve. They've got eight straight games with four runs or fewer. Um, I say Cleveland won't score loads, but maybe just enough. And the the two picks I had with Cleveland at minus one ten in the under eight and a half, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under as well uh, in this matchup. I do think that it is worth mentioning that Allen, uh, that you just mentioned, Malcolm once again has not gone much length his last couple of outings, so. I'm not sure if I can fully give him a pat on the back for his good performances lately when he's barely going any length. I will also throw out there that even in the minors, he did not pitch along at all. Uh, He only made one appearance in 
the minors since he was sent down and he didn't pitch that well or he pitched okay but didn't go any length when three and two thirds gave up no runs so i'm not sure how much allen actually matters in this game because it seems like he's going to be hovering probably close to three or four innings and then they're going to let cleveland's bullpen take over from there keller was an all-star i believe he gave up a run in the all-star game but he was still an all-star and pittsburgh's been pretty decent at home offensively Overall, I'm not totally sold in either offense, uh, so I'm going to lean to the under. But I have to at least point out the fact that Allen should probably not be going any length in this game. So I'm not sure how much he truly contributes to this game. I am going to lean to the under, though, and I'll lean to Pittsburgh at home. But I feel better about the under. Okay, we will go to a 7.07 Eastern first pitch between the San Diego Padres and the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Joe Musgrove. For San Diego and Alec Manoa towards the start for Toronto. It is a match on the books, minus 110 each of two, uh, with a total of eight and a half. Um, Joe Musgrove is eight and two on the year, has a 329 ERA, and has been absolutely lights out lately. Um, he's only given up six earned runs in the last 32 innings that he's pitched. Um, he's walked three. Giving up one homer over that span. He's getting good length every start. Just really, really reliable. Um, not something that you associate with many of these uh Padres. Alec Minoa, well, flying the ointment. What do we what do we make of this? He did okay last time against Detroit. Um, he got a lot of run support early, which I think would have helped settle him down. It was only Detroit, and I wasn't sure there was a he got away with some stuff. I think. It was okay, but I'd want to see it again. Um, I would maintain a watch and brief on Manoa. Um, if this was any other team except the Padres, well, the Padres and the Blue Jays, I mean, we know um, they're, they're in that draw with the Angels and the White Sox and the Mets, aren't they? Um, I like Musgrove and any other team, you'd really feel strongly about them. I'll take the Padres here at minus one turn. They're unreliable. They got walked off again last night. That's nine times this season. They've been walked off. In Toronto, also a hot Toronto won eight out of nine. But I'm going to stay with Musgrove tomorrow. Um, not convinced about Manoa. You, not very often you get Musgrove a minus 110. Um, but yeah, I think you might be a good price tomorrow, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the Padres' first five money line in this game with Musgrove. Manoa was fine last start. I was actually relatively high on him last start. Uh, at least comparatively speaking, because Detroit's one of the worst offenses in the league. So I think it definitely was a good matchup for him to have coming back from the complex league wherever he was at. But still, I do think when you're looking at the actual matchup itself, the reason why I'm going to take the first five is because of the last point you mentioned, Malcolm, which is the fact that the Padres got walked off again yesterday. Their bullpen is really, really bad. And I want nothing to do with that bullpen. So I'll take Musgrove, who has been insane lately. Uh, to go through the numbers here, Musgrove's allowed less than three runs in each of his last five starts, as well as, uh, what is that, nine of his last ten starts, I believe. Sorry, just doing the math quickly. Three and one, six and one. In eight of his last nine, he's allowed less than three earned. So Musgrove should give up roughly one or two earned based on his recent performances in five innings. And Manoa might give that up and then some. So I'll go with San Diego first five money line. I want nothing to do with that bullpen. I'll, I'll just get me out of that. So I'll go with the Padres first five. 
Moon, I thought you were sweating there because you've got your action man eyes going at the screens above you. No, it was just that Christopher is mentioning that the over half a steal tonight for uh, Ellie Dilla Cruz is at plus 170. I'm going to have to double check that. But um, I agree with everything that you guys said. Like Alec Manoa, he came back in the right spot uh, against the Tigers. And like Scott mentioned, not one of the better offenses in the league thus far this season. Now you're going up against a lineup on paper that is supposed to be one of the better ones in the league. And they have underperformed by a mile this season. So uh, we'll find out if Manoa is actually back um, to his, his regular self or his, the stuff that we saw from last season. Um, But I agree with everything Scott said. I mentioned that I was going to be my handicap as well. That bullpen is just atrocious. Um, So I agree with Scott. I would look at Padres team total over, uh, full game or first five, and then first five innings money line for the uh, San Diego Padres in this game here as well. Two 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 teams here that have kind of underperformed at the, below expectations from um, what everybody was talking about in the, in the preseason with these two teams. Well, at least Toronto's a playoff team now. Yeah, so yeah. it could be worse. Yeah, yeah. but uh, a lot of agreement so far. Uh, we'll move on once I've told you about uh, best full mania four on underdog fantasy. Uh, underdog Fantasy giving away $15 million. Another great tournament, Underdog Pick'em, is a great way to get down on your favourite MLB and NFL season player props. There's loads of ways to win on Underdog, and Underdog is available in lots of states too. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus for $200. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Next up. Is a 7-10 Eastern first pitch between the Chicago White Ducks and the New York. So we have Lucas Giolito on the bump for Chicago. Carlos Carrasco for the Mets. Minus 105, the White Sox. Minus 125 on the Mets. Total is set at nine, Munaf. Yeah, like you mentioned, Giolito on the mound here for the uh, Chicago White Sox. Going up against Cookie Carrasco. I'll start here with Giolito. Um, thus far this season, he does have a, let's see, your 6-5 and five record with 3.45 ERA. A little bit shaky on the road where he is 3-3 three and three with a 4.71 ERA. Um, his last start was against the St. Louis Cardinals where he did have a pretty solid outing. Walks are always a concern with um, Giolito when he is on the mound. Uh, he's allowed at least uh, three runs, sorry, two runs in five straight games. The White Sox have lost three of his last four starts. Um, and on the other side, Carrasco, he's been pretty solid. Um, I know he had a bad outing against the Cardinals back on June 18, but over his last three starts, he's 1 0 with a 2.12 ERA. Um, walks are the big concern for uh, Cookie Carrasco. You just take a look at what he's given up as far as walks. He only gave up one to the Arizona Diamondbacks in this last game. But prior to that, against the Giants, three walks, two walks, three walks, three walks, two walks. Now, fortunate for him, uh, the Chicago White Sox, uh, as far as team walk percentage, are in the bottoms of the league um, thus far this season. So uh, that won't be a concern. (sighs) It just comes down to the fact that can I trust the Mets? And the Mets have been god-awful um, this season. Uh, 
I'll go with the Mets in the first five innings. I think that has worked out pretty well for me. I did bet on them a couple of times in the first five innings. So a couple of times they pushed, but I think I got, did get the victory in a couple of those games. So I, I'll trust Carrasco to keep up his form here in the first five innings at least. So I'll take the White, sorry, the Mets first five inning with Carrasco and Giolito on the mound. Okay, Moon up trusting the Mets then. Scott, you? I think I'm going to lean to the Mets, but there's no chance I'm going to have actual money on this game, full disclosure. But I do think when you're looking at this pitching matchup, Carrasco's been in better form lately. And as bad as the Mets are, at least they're not the White Sox because the White Sox have been worse. They're 15 under. They're 11 under on the road. Having said that, nice uh, series win against Atlanta over the weekend, which was a bit surprising. But still, First I'm going to lean to the Mets. To me. That's yeah, correct. Carrasco's uh, been in decent form lately. Giolito, uh, his issue is home runs, giving up 17 so far this season. You're looking at the actual weather report, and the wind is blowing out in City Field, so it should be a lot of home runs in this game. Uh, the home run percentage, according to Ballpark Pal, should be up uh, 31% because of the weather. So I do expect to see maybe Alonzo go deep or somebody along those lines. But I think for that reason, I am going to lean slightly to the over because both pitchers can give up some home runs. But if I had to pick who I think is going to actually win the game, I'm going to lean to the Mets. As bad as the bullpen for the Mets is, the White Sox bullpen is worse. So I guess that's the silver lining here. But it's mostly just fading the White Sox on the road. Once again, 11 under on the road, and the Mets are only minus 120. Does seem like a pretty decent price there. I'm not going to bet this. The Mets, even though they were able to salvage the finale against the Dodgers over the weekend, they can't score which is just a serious problem this team has post-All-Star break. But I'm going to lean to the Mets. This line feels a bit cheap, and that's kind of how I'm going to stick to the handicap. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I saw it was a Mets beat reporter or someone along those lines on, on Twitter this morning um, saying that Met, the Mets winning that game last night was somehow even more annoying than if they'd lost the game. And I kind of understood what he meant. Um, they're just such a shot and bollock team and they just did nothing to help Scherzer out. And then the fact that they went and won it, like, I just, I, I was more pissed off than than if it was the other way around. They, they, they do half mess with your head, the New York Mets. Um, I can't back them at all, yeah, not at minus 125. I, I can't back them at all, Carrasco, at that price. Um, Alonso, McNeil and Lindor went two for 29 in that series between them over the weekend. Um, if you're looking for a home run hitter tomorrow, it's Jake Berger. He's uh, We've talked before about him um, being quite a streaky player, uh, but I love those uh, little weather stats that you've that you've given up. The Mets did snap that four game streak, but it doesn't um, it didn't board well for them. They didn't do it in any kind of style, and the White Sox carry a little bit of momentum in. So plus money um, to anyone to beat the Mets and uh, Carrasco, I think, is a reasonable price. Next up is a. 7-10, Eastern first pitch between the San Francisco Giants and the Cincinnati Reds. Tony Disco uh, will go for San Francisco and Luke Weaver draws the start for Cincinnati. Minus 134 behind Descafani in the Giants. Plus 123 on Cincinnati. And the line, um, the total, sorry, is 10 and a half. Um, Scott, over to you. Yeah, it's going to be another over for me. Uh, there are a couple of very good weather games for overs, and this is going to be one of them. Now, the problem is Cincinnati's offense was a mess over the weekend against the Brewers. Having said that, I believe they're 2-9 and nine this season against Milwaukee, so they just can't hit the Brewers pitching staff anyway for the entire season. I'm hoping they get back on track here. The thing for Weaver is that he has been really bad 
yet the Reds win all of his starts because he gets an insane amount of run support. So to go through a Weaver's last couple of starts, three and two-thirds, five runs against Milwaukee, five innings, two runs against the Nationals. That was actually a decent showing. Four and a third, four runs against the Orioles, three and a third, five runs against the Braves, five innings, five runs against the Astros, I can keep going. Uh, four and two-thirds, three runs against the Royals. Three and two-thirds, seven runs against the Dodgers. And what do all those starts have in common? The Reds won. So they've won each of his last eight starts, even though he can't really pitch. So he's getting a bunch of run support, a lot of high-scoring games. And Di Scalfani, I'm not a fan of. Bit of a homecoming for him because he used to pitch for the Reds. But I do think when you're looking at this matchup, I'll be on the over. The Giants' offense was pretty good over the weekend against the Pirates, but it's mostly the weather. Uh, looking at a hitters-friendly ballpark, according to Ballpark Pal once again, about a 37% increase in home run percentage and an 18% increase in run percentage because of the wind blowing out in Great American. I'll be on the over. Luke Weaver can't pitch, but the Reds give him all the run support in the world, so I'll go with the over in this game. Uh, Captain Insane, or saying that uh, the Reds should be able to take uh, Tony Disco for a few, Moonaf. How do you feel? Yeah, 100% agreement. Uh, Scott's kind of underselling his favorite day of the week. It's Luke Weaver Day. So um, I can't trust either one of these pitchers. I 100% agree about the over. Uh, I know, I think Disco had a couple of days off or missed a couple of starts. I don't know if it was injured, just kind of give him some days off. But. Um, I'd expect the Reds offense to pick it up in this game. I know, like Scott mentioned, they were a mess over the weekend. Um, Giants were able to score against the Pirates as well. So um, weather is on the side, like Scott mentioned. Two pitchers that you can fade. I can see a lot of runs being scored in this game. So over for me. Can't bring myself to a side here. Gun to my head, I would lean with the Giants, but I'd love the over. Yeah, hey, I'm kind of quite confident about the Giants here and it doesn't look like anybody else is. I think uh, Descafani's been going along okay. It's another one of those, you give up two or three runs and will that be enough? And I think it will because Scott Point is it well, as everybody knows, Luke Weaver gave up loads. The Giants are going along okay. And I do think Cincinnati's look is running out. Um, the Brewers are a little bit of a bogey team, but um, I watched a, f- a few of the games and yeah, just they've rode that momentum, with, they've rode that feeling. Um if they don't get going soon, it could be a, a bit of a disappointing second half for Cincinnati. And I think the Giants can uh, can win one tomorrow. Minus 134 um, is, is a reasonable price for Giants who are going well. Um, I like them at the moment. They're easy to back. Next up is a 7.20 Eastern first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Atlanta Braves. It is Zach Davis uh, for the D-backs and Bryce Elder for Atlanta. Plus 170 on the Snakes. Minus 200 on the Braves. Total set at 10. Um, talking about the Reds moon off, having a uh, potentially tricky second half coming up. Um, Arizona haven't uh, started great either, and this isn't a nice spot for them in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, Arizona over the last 10 games are just 2-8 and eight, um, straight up. Um, and now Zach Davies has to go up against the best offense in the entire MLB uh, in the Atlanta Braves can make the arguments Rangers in that conversation, of course, as well. But this Braves lineup just rakes. I know they struggled, like Scott mentioned earlier, against the White Sox about putting up runs. But um, I think Zach Davies is in a tough spot here. He has, he's, I think he's only had, um, let me double check here because I was handicapping this game. I, I did see that he hasn't made very many road starts this season. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, he's made three. 
Yeah, so he does have a 1-5 in five record with a 6.37 ERA, 45 strikeouts to 24 walks, last five games 0-3 with a 7.36 ERA, 21 earned runs he's allowed, and 25 and two-thirds innings pitch. So it's been real struggle for Davies, to say the least. Um, and over his last uh, five games, he's allowed at least three earned runs in four out of those five games. The only great start, surprisingly, was against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, where he was pitched seven shutout innings, only allowed two hits in that span, two walks he did allow. And they still um, lost the game. Yeah, and they still lost the game, right? So um, then over the last five games that Davies has started, the Diamondbacks have lost four out of those five games by at least two earned runs. Um Bryce Elder on the other side here for the Atlanta Braves. Um, Braves, again, what can you say? They've just been so good. Elder's coming off probably his worst start of the season, which was against the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa. We allowed seven earned runs in just three and a third inning pitch. But other than that, he's been pretty solid. He did have a uh, bad outing against the Washington Nationals, but that was all the way back on June 11th. Um, but the Braves have won four of his last five starts, and I believe at home this season, the Braves are eight and two straight up. Um, obviously, I don't want to lay the minus 200 uh, price here with the um, Braves. If you are a parlay player, this might be a great parlay piece. I would look at the run line here, minus one and a half. I think the Braves offense will um, get going here. This number is probably going to be at five and a half with juice towards the over for their team total. Um, but I think this is a, a good spot here for the Braves to bounce back um, after losing their series against the White Sox uh, going up against Zach Davies. So Braves minus one and a half, and I'll look at the team totals each way for the uh, Atlanta Braves in this game. Um, yeah, same picks me off the Atlanta team totally, and I like the run line. It's a, it's a watch through your fingers um, start for Zach Davies here. Um, we don't give about very often, but the Yerfi, I think, is in play. Uh, we know Atlanta have scored an unholy amount of first innings runs. There could be a... Do you get alternative uh, first inning run lines? Uh, because Atlanta could score loads of them. But yeah, same picks for me um, as yourself um, on this one, Moon Scott. Yeah, it's going to be a group ride here. I'll go with the Braves run line. Simply put, Davies is a really bad pitcher at this stage in his career. Uh, unfortunately, the... I did have Tampa uh, in that game uh, for the team total over against Davies, and he was really good. But that was a one-off, and he went back to being bad right after it. You're looking at Atlanta and how good this team actually is, and they might be extra motivated for this series because of how the fact because of the fact they lost a home series to the White Sox. But I really just can't look past Davies just with his overall numbers, Atlanta's offense. It's really just a bad spot for Davies, and I do think Atlanta is going to tee off against them. And I just want to quickly pull up Davies' numbers in the uh, first inning this season. Not good. Uh, he's got a 6.55 ERA in the first inning. So you might see Olsen go deep early. Maybe you'll end up seeing Acuna go deep early. We'll see what happens. But I do think you're going to end up seeing the Braves score several runs in the first inning. And that might carry over into the rest of the game. Arizona... They might just be frauds. You know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens, but it doesn't look good right now. I'll take Atlanta to bury this team. Arizona got swept over the weekend by Toronto. Didn't really look good at any point during that sweep, so I'll go with the Braves' run line in this game, too. The year fee okay. is 8-3, and three and uh, Zach Davies starts this season. Just throwing that out there. Ooh. It's like finding money in the street, Moon. 745 Eastern first pitch. The Miami Marlins at the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, off the board, Miami TBD pitcher. I've got no idea. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, left-handed pitcher for St. Louis. Um, 
I mean, yeah, no odds at all on this one. I'll tell you a little bit about Montgomery, but he's been great. Uh, six and seven, 323 on the year. Uh, but his last four starts, 24 innings pitched and only given up three earned runs. Uh, no walks either in that. Uh, Miami scuffling uh, disappointed me over the weekend. thing that would give Miami hope here is they're hitting 311 against left-handed pitching, which is a pretty wild number. Um, but I can't give you anything else on this with an absence of a Miami pitcher. So I'm moving after you see a pitcher or um, you brushing past this one. Yeah, I don't see a pitcher for Miami, but uh, just kind of going off of what you said about uh, Miami against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks, they are number three in WRC plus at 181. Team batting average of 418 against left-handed pitching. Now, that's only against... Uh, Darts has only been in 76 plate appearances, but that's still something. Uh, slugging percentage, top 10. Uh, OPS, top 10 as well. So uh, this might be a tricky spot for Jordan, uh, Jordan Montgomery. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Scott, do you have much on this? I'm going to lean to the Cardinals, which is always a dangerous proposition, but I actually do think Montgomery's been in good form. Miami was not very good over the weekend. I think long-term they're also a bit fraudulent because they really don't have a great lineup. It's been decent for the most part, but you actually just look at the lineup on paper. It's quite top-heavy, like pretty severely top-heavy. So I'm not sure if they can actually get enough consistent contributions throughout the lineup. Their bullpen also hasn't been great either. I know Puck hasn't performed well as the closer lately, so we'll see what happens. But the Cardinals had a decent series over the weekend. They played the Nationals, which helps, but still, uh, the offense woke up a little bit. Montgomery's been pretty good uh, recently. I'm not sure how much length he's going to go, but it's mostly faded Miami's offense right now. I don't have a line, so, of course, I really can't tell you if it's a good value play or not. But if the Marlins are favored, potentially, but the Cardinals being at home, I'll take St. Louis. No chance I bet it, though, because, once again, I don't see much value on it. But for the sake of what should be a close line, I feel better about the Cardinals than the Marlins in this spot. So I'll lean to St. Louis. But I'd rather bet on so many other games in this in the overall schedule. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. You're right. Um, Serial's joined the chat, uh, seeing that he's just playing a few little baseball bets. Uh, to keep off the football off-season. Um, Serial, we're going to do a, a Women's World Cup uh, match preview tomorrow. I've got pay, I've handicapped nine games this afternoon uh, for the Women's World Cup. So um, round about uh, 11.15 tomorrow night. What's that? 6.15 your time. Uh, so, yeah, come and join us and we'll talk some Women's World Cup tomorrow night, uh, which starts on Thursday morning. Good fun. 8.05 Eastern first pitches. The Washington Nationals at the Chicago Cubs. Um Conflicting pitches here. I've seen Trevor Williams officially listed, so I suppose that's what I'll go with. Um, I did handicap him. I then saw him replaced by Corbin, and now Williams is back. But we do have Williams listed. Uh, Jameson Tyone for the Cups. We have lines of plus 150 on the Nationals and minus 175 on the Cubs. Um, Scott, minus 175, Jameson Tyone. Yeah, for me, I'm going to... I, well, I see conflicting things, too, because ESPN has Corbin listed. So I'll, I'm assuming Williams is going to start, but we'll see. Uh, long story short, I don't really care who's pitching either Williams or Corbin. If you're laying 175 with Tyone, you're not gambling properly. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nationals blindly at the plus 150 price. Tyone was really good against the Yankees. 
I've roasted the Yankees offense for a long time on this show. And once again, that was a good example of it because the Yankees can't hit. And they scored no runs against Chase Anderson yesterday. So that tells you how bad the offense is. But I'm going to go with the Nationals. I do like the over in this game. You're looking at the actual weather report, though. I'm just pulling it up. Supposed to be blowing in. So you're going to potentially see a lower scoring game in Wrigley. Not an insane amount of wins, though. So it's not going to be an automatic every fly ball is a guaranteed out. But I do think you're going to see some runs, not as many as you might think based on the pitching matchup. But I'm not laying 175 with Tyone. That's not even a discussion for me. It's Nationals or pass. But at the end of the day, I'm probably going to pass. Yeah, I was the same. Uh, Nationals plus 150. Corbin or Williams kind of doesn't really matter. It's the same bloke. Uh, three or four range runs and Tyrone will give up maybe lefty. a few more. That, that, that's the only difference. One's a lefty. So Yeah, it, and I was happy I had the captain Corbin. I, I gave him a better chance. Uh, but Williams is fine as well. So, But yeah, I just want nothing to do with Tyrone, really. Um, and the Cubs did get a little bit of a shellacking up Boston. So if I was yeah, going to me, it would be watching the plus 150. Um, but yeah, not much more on that, Muna. Yeah, I mean, you guys know, dude, I'm not laying a minus 175 uh, price on Tyone and the Cubs. I just wrote a big uh, PASS on this game pass, but if you had a gun to my head, I would go with the Nationals. I mean, all the values on there, Matt, at plus 150. Um, don't see a run line on that. I'm curious to see that price as well. But yeah, it's uh, Nationals or pass. Okay, doke. Uh, Moonaf getting some clog in the comments. Always cheers for you. So that's good. Well done, everybody. Uh, 805 Eastern first pitch is the Tampa Bay Rays at the Texas Rangers. Taj Bradley for Tampa and Nathan Iavaldi for Texas. Another good looking game, this one. Plus 120 on the Rays, minus 140 on the Rangers. Total is at eight and a half, Moonaf. Yeah, let's start with Taj Bradley here. Uh, he had gone off to a pretty good start during the. Uh, regular season uh, early i think it was in april and may but has regressed over at least over his last five games one and two with a 7.54 era he's pitched 22 and two-thirds innings in that span he's allowed 19 earned runs he's also allowed seven home runs in the last five games as well rays have lost three straight starts uh, when bradley is starting and it's been against you know decent teams he had uh, faced the i'm um, sorry the braves in his last start, lost that game six to one, lost to the Mariners seven to six, and then he lost to, to the Diamondbacks eight to four. Last three games, he's allowed seven earned runs, five earned runs, and four earned runs to the oppositions. And now uh, he's going up against Texas, like we mentioned earlier, uh, are one of the better offenses in the league. He did have a start against the uh, Rangers earlier this season, where he allowed uh, four earned runs in three and two thirds innings pitched, allowed four walks in that game as well to the Rangers. And you can't do that against the Rangers. They will take advantage of it. Uh, on the other side, Sticky Sai Young candidate Nathan Avaldi has been really good thus far this season for the uh, sorry the Texas Rangers. Ten and three on the season with a two point eight three ERA, hundred and nine strikeouts with thirty one walks. Um, last five games, the walks are up a little bit. He's allowed twelve walks. Um, does have a three point six zero ERA. He also did struggle against the Rays in a start earlier this season. Ray did allow uh, four earned runs off of seven hits in the sixth and the third innings pitch, but uh, it's unfortunate that the Rangers have lost four of his last five starts, uh, and they've been by multiple runs. But I think there might be a game where we do see runs being scored, uh, especially on the Rangers' side. I think that Taj Bradley just in bad form right now. And again, another concern for Nathan Avaldi has been the walks, like I mentioned. He's allowed at least two walks 
in five straight start back-to-back starts he's allowed four walks to the red sox and the astros over the last two games so um i'll take the rangers on the money line here but also do like the over eight and a half in this game i think both teams can put up runs um again like i mentioned taj bradley just not in good form so maybe a team total in the first five for the rangers here as well okay thank you scott yeah, I'm looking at that team total, but I will go with the Rangers money line. Yavaldi's been solid. He was an all-star, and he also gives you length. So even though I am concerned about the Rangers bullpen, Yavaldi can help deal with some of those concerns because he can easily go six or seven, and suddenly you have less bullpen to worry about. But I do think when you're looking at Bradley's numbers, I wanted to like him earlier in the year, but he hit a wall, and we tend to see that with young pitchers, and Texas at home isn't exactly a good remedy for that. I can see Texas teeing off against them. The Rays are not in great form. Uh, I know they're getting Yandy Diaz back from paternity leave, so he'll definitely help out the lineup. But they lost the series finale against the Royals. Uh, they did win the series, but it's against Kansas City, so I'm not going to overreact to it. Texas did, though, a great job of rallying in a couple of those games against the Guardians as they swept over the weekend. They got the stop. They got the uh, time off they needed during the All-Star break because they were reeling at the end of the first half. Now they're back on track. They're a very good home team offensively. I think Bradley's in trouble. I'll go with the better pitcher at minus 140. Yeah, it was runs for me. I like the over eight and a half. I agree with you, Scott. I think Bradley is in trouble. Um, but Ivaldi just hasn't been as consistent lately. He's been kind of like old Ivaldi, which was okay. Uh, absolutely fine. But he had a really good first half of the season. And that's just regressed back a little bit. So Tampa can help out with three or four here. Texas ravaging 5.9 runs per game. I think that leads MLB. Um, yeah, and I can see a little bit of a shootout here. So um, over eight and a half uh, for me, pretty straightforward pick. Eight Tennyson first pitches the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. Two left-handed pitches going Tarek Skubal for Detroit. And for KC, it is Daniel Lynch. The lines are minus 135 on the Tigers, plus 115 on the Royals with a total of eight and a half. Um, Tarek Skubal has uh, no record, no pitcher of record uh, so far. He's had two starts, two games, four innings pitched in either. Um, he's given up two hits and zero earned runs. So, yeah, absolutely fine. Um, not an awful lot you can add to that. It's been a solid start, a good building block uh, for Tarek Skubal. Um, for Kansas City... Daniel Lynch is 2-4, and 4-18 ERA. Uh, he's been solid in his last four starts as well. You get good length out of him uh, with the maximum kind of a three earned runs. So he, he keeps KC live in the game. Um, Kansas City possibly missing um, Sal Perez, um, even if it's just for a few days. He's a, he's a big part of the offense. MJ Melendez will probably catch. Um, he's been playing a bit of right field, I think. This is two weak offences against two um, starting pitchers who've been in control lately, uh, even if not for great length. So the first five under uh, looked like the play for me, Scott. Yeah, that's my exact play. I like the first five nice. under uh, at around four and a half or five. Uh, both offences you just mentioned are really bad. I believe both are bottom five, uh, but you're looking at the recent performances by both pitchers. Scooball hasn't given up a run, which is a good sign. Uh, Lynch has given up less than four earned in each of his last four, so he's been pitching better. He did, though, pitch against Detroit on June 20th. 
Seven innings, one hit allowed, and no runs. So he was very good against the Tigers earlier this year. This number just feels too high to me. You have two really bad offenses. Scooballs hasn't given up a run yet. And Lynch was very good against the same Tigers team that is abysmal offensively. I'm going to go with the first five under as well. That number feels too high. Uh, According to weather report, it should actually help out the under. Uh, The wind is blowing slightly in from right to left. Should result in a negative 20% uh, decrease in home runs. So if the ball is kept in the ballpark, I dare both teams to generate enough hits to actually go over. I'm with you. I'll take the first five under. Beautiful. Uh, Mudaf? Agreement. Um, Tark Scoop, I know uh, Mal, you and I have talked about him, but the first season we did this MLB pod um, about he might be um, the future, I guess, as far as the pitching rotation uh, for this Tigers team. But it's coming off a major injury from last season. And again, uh, you guys nailed it that he hasn't given up a run in the two games that he has pitched. And um, looking at how the Tigers have done against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks, WRC plus, they are number 25 out of 30 teams. Team batting average against left-handed pitching, number 23 out of 30 teams. Slugging percentage, they are number 26. Uh, OPS, they are number 26 as well. So again, uh, just kind of um, validating what you guys were saying about how Tigers aren't very good against left-handed pitching. Uh, whether you're going to take the first five under or full game under, um, Either way, I, I like the under. I'm with you guys. Team ride. Team ride. Love it. Uh, next, oh, four games left. Two of them are off the board. This is one of them. It's an 8.40 Eastern first pitch between the Houston Astros and the Colorado Rockies. Hunter Brown for Houston and Colorado is TBD. I have seen nothing at all um, on this one. So, yeah, no pitcher, no lines. Scott, any ideas? Uh, I don't know if it matters. To be honest, I, I think Houston's going to bury this True. team to pieces over the weekend. Uh, they made me money yesterday. I had the team total <laughs> over against the Angels, and then they scored nine runs because the Angels' bullpen remembered that it was the Angels, and they fell apart. But I'm going to be on the over uh, for Houston here. They might score nine runs. I, I think they're going to bury Colorado over the week, over the next few days. The Rockies did win a series against the Yankees. I don't think they looked very good doing it, but at the end of the day, once again, the Yankees lineup really let them down. And the one exception was Seabold, who was really bad. And then the Yankees scored no runs against the Rockies bullpen for the final seven innings of that game. So it's really just a story of how inept the Yankees offense was. The Rockies, though, they're still a really bad team in terms of pitching. Houston's offense has been great lately. And you're looking at how they performed over the weekend They should have swept. They blew that game in insane fashion. I know Munaf and I both had the Astros in that game, uh, and they completely choked it. It was a historical choke job, but still. The point is the Astros offensively have been really good. The bullpen's not great at this point in time, so we'll see what happens, but neither is Colorado's. I'll be on the Astros over. I know it might be at six and a half, probably five and a half, heavily juiced. I don't really care, to be honest. They're probably going to score nine-plus runs in this game. They're a freight train. Tucker might go yard. Bregman might go yard. The whole team might go yard. I'll go with the Astros, team total over. Run line, maybe, whatever. I think Houston kills them for the next couple days. 
Um, I saw both of you tweeting this morning about that series. Actually, when I when I woke up, you were talking about Scott the um, the use of Jaime Berea. Who, oh, I it think was, was a mess. I don't I don't know what the Angels were doing. I, I guess a, I guess I guess had, the had four homers off him. I guess the that. argument was, well, we're going to use our best reliever against the heart of the Astros order, so we can use a weaker pitcher to face off against the weaker part of Houston's order in the ninth. That was the theory. Problem is McCormick took him yard for a two-run homer anyway, so that didn't exactly work. I believe Berea was 0 for 4 on save opportunities. He blew all four save chances that he had. I think ESPN (laughs) said that. He had zero saves in his career, and they just said, have some fun, and he got buried. And I believe Tucker was 5 for 10 with four home runs against Berea, and they left Berea in to pitch to Tucker, and Tucker hit a ball that didn't land yet. So that was not exactly a good approach either. I don't know what Nevin was doing, but if you took the Astros alive, you had a fun time. That was my main rant on the overall situation, but Houston's offense is so damn good. I got to go with the Astros. Yeah, so I saw, I saw your rant about it, and then I saw Munaf. Uh, did you did you picked up Houston live in that game, Munaf, or something? There was um, there was fifty four runs in that uh, series over the weekend. It was a bit of a crazy one, but um, yeah, Houston at Colorado tomorrow, Munaf. It's crazy that you think about it. There's a team that's down three, four, nothing. How many teams outside of the Astros do you think? Oh, it's fine. They'll still come back and win the game. But there was a case. When me and Scott picked them on Saturday, unfortunately, they blew a 9-3 lead. The bullpen really gave it up. It's not very like uh, the Houston bullpen to do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you have this Astros? And it's crazy to think that I was just chuckling because the Astros uh, lineup is doing this without Jordan Alvarez in the lineup and Jose Altuve. I think Altuve may be back um, starting actually tonight or uh, on Tuesday night. For the Astros, but I mean, yeah, I, I was Scott was mentioning the team totals. In my mind, the number that popped up was probably seven and a half <laughs> for this Astros uh, team total, possibly. But yeah, it's Astros all series uh, in this uh, uh, against the Rockies in the series. This this uh, offense is just a, a freight train. Uh, Astros in every which way. Just just bet it. Check the score after the game is over and collect your winnings. Also, to mention the uh, weather, of course, besides the altitude, the wind is blowing out in this game. So a 34% increase in home runs, a 27% increase in extra base hits, and a 36% increase in runs. You might get a 12.5, 13.5 total in this game. It might actually happen. I'm assuming 12.5. I don't really care. Once again, I think Houston's scoring nine runs. I think they're going to yeah. bury this team. Um, so on the back of the seven minutes of you two uh, touting Houston, I'm going to take Colorado in the first five here. Okay. <laughs> Hunter Brown, that's just God. unreliable. Jesus. Shut up, dude. We had this last I, week. I mentioned the team total. So once again, I don't care yeah. who's on the side. I'll take Houston to uh, potentially lose the game 15 to 12. That's fine with me. I think we had this conversation where we took Colorado last Thursday and they won at plus 180. Um, yeah, Brown's... Just a little, <laughs> little bit unreliable. And it's his first time pitching Coors as well. It uh, just gives Colorado a chance. I haven't seen a Colorado pitcher, so it was very speculative um, little player that I put down. But yeah, that's about all that I've got on it. Um, the other team that were involved in that nutso game last night, the LA Angels, who host the New York Yankees tomorrow at 9.38 Eastern first pitch. Uh, Domingo Herman for the Yankees, left-handed pitcher Patrick Sandoval 
for the Angels, who are minus 105 at home. The Yankees are minus 115. And the total is at nine, Muna. Yeah, Domingo Herman um, had that rough start against the Mariners back on June 22nd, but since then has bounced back nicely for this team. Uh, he's pitched, let's see, 19 and one-third innings uh, over the last three games. He's allowed three earned runs to the opposition. Um, the Yankees have won two out of those three games uh, that, um, uh, sorry, uh, Domingo Herman has pitched in over the last three games. Uh, on the road thus far this season, 3-1 and one with a 4.61 ERA against the AL West, 2-1 and one with a 5.79 ERA. Um Take a look at the other side. Patrick Sandoval is going to be on the mound here for the um, so I said the New York Yankees for the LA Angels. Last five games, one and two with a 5.33 ERA. He slouched 16 earned runs in 27 innings pitched. Did face the Yankees earlier this season where he did allow five earned runs in four innings pitched. And the Yankees, as bad as the offense has been, they've been pretty good against left-handed pitching, at least over the last two weeks. Um, and again, it's a very um, it's only 64 uh, plate appearances over the last two weeks. So I'm going to go back to 30 days and see how they've done. Um, they're still number four in OPS. Their slugging is number three. Uh, team batting average against left-handed pitching. They're number six in WRC+. Uh, they are number three against left-handed pitching over the last 30 days. Um, and again, like we mentioned, we just talked about the Astros and the Angels series. The Angels are swinging a hot bat right now as well. So this could be another series where we do see the runs being put up um, in this series. I'll lean with the Yankees on the money line, but I, I do love uh, the over in this game. I feel like we will see runs being put up. Like I mentioned, um, Patrick Sandoval hasn't been very good. Yankees offense as bad as it has been. They have been good against left-handed pitching, like I mentioned. Um, and I think Herman can give it up to this batting order of the um, Angels as well, like they gave it to the Astros this past weekend. So over for me in this game. Um, Josh Donaldson went to the IL for the last place Yankees. Will that um, make any difference, Scott, at all? Yeah, it's an improvement because a prop yeah, better than I was getting at, Yeah, <laughs> He had a, a pretty nice uh, RBI single there in extras which didn't matter because the Yankees' bullpen blew the game right after it. But still, uh, Peraz gives him some speed. Donaldson's been a lost cause the entire year. But for the sake of this matchup, I, w I actually will go with the Yankees' first five in this game. Jermon's been really good, and it wasn't even just the perfect game. It wasn't even a one-off. He's been good since. Should have won the game against the Cubs, but the bullpen choked that game also. I believe it was a mix of Canely and Hamilton because Torres blew a double play ball. The whole team kind of fell apart there in that seventh inning. But I do think that the Yankees have a decent spot here to get off to a good start. Munaf mentioned they're good against lefties, and you're looking at Sandoval. He faced off against the Yankees earlier this year, and he was not very good when four innings, five earned. I believe he gave up all five runs in the first inning. I also believe I had a first five under in that game, and he gave up five runs in the first <laughs> inning, so that did not work out. But I do think when you're looking at this matchup, the Angels' offense has been better lately, but I do think, once again, with Sandoval's numbers, he just has not been very good. And Jermon has. That's good enough for me. I'll go with the Yankees' first five. But I think you might have been able to read between the lines here. I have not been a fan of the Yankees' bullpen lately. I don't like the Angels' bullpen either, so you might see a lot of fireworks late. But I'll go with the first five. I think Jermon is right now in better form than Sandoval. I don't think it's very close. So I'll go with the Yankees' first five. Um, that was my handicap, Scott. Um, 
hard to to trust either team, but much prefer Herman over Sandoval. Uh, so at minus one fifteen, I didn't factor in the bullpens. Probably should have done, but then again, I, I don't know how you would go about that because they're both uh, they're both incredibly shaky. So yeah, I'll take the Yankees to come out on top uh, behind another uh, good Herman start at a price of minus one fifteen. Uh, the penultimate game on the show is the nine four Eastern first pitch between the Boston Red Sox. And the Oakland Athletics uh, off the board, unfortunately. Boston TBD. Uh, Oakland is Lewis Medina. Um, so, yeah, no lines on this one at all. Lewis Medina, um, 2-7, and 6-34 ERA. Um, his last start was against Boston. Uh, so, we've got a nice comp here. Seven hits, four earned runs, so his six innings pitched. Um it's not been terrible. He managed to limit the walks. We talked about the walk pop last time. I think he'd given up seven and five in the two starts before that. Um, so he could possibly go okay. But apart from that, I haven't got an awful lot. Um, Justin Turner for Boston's on a 12-game hitting streak. And Boston have won 10 of 12 as well. So Boston are hot. Turner's hot. They'll probably win. But I've got nothing else to add, Muna. Yeah, I probably just look at the Boston Red Sox team total over in this game. Uh, Medina did face the... Um, Red Sox earlier this season, he allowed four earned runs and six innings pitched there. Uh, at home, he's one in three with a 5.33 ERA. Actually, his last start or his last appearance was against his Red Sox team. Um, I think they had an opening starter, did the A's, and then uh, Medina came in for the uh, for the middle innings there. So, um, Boston Red Sox, like you mentioned, they're playing great baseball right now. The bats are hot. I think that carries into Oakland here again. Oakland has one of the worst, if not the worst, uh, starting pitching rotation as far as team ERA. In the entire league, bullpen isn't much better. I think the uh, Red Sox can put up runs here. So team total over for me and the, for the Red Sox. Okay, thank you, Moon Scott. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Red Sox run line. Uh, I don't mind the team total either, but I do think when you're looking at this matchup, Medina is a pitcher that – I believe it's a classic cliche. He has good stuff, <laughs> which is another way of saying he gets killed all the time, but his pitches look pretty good on occasion. I think that's what that means. But I think the Red Sox are probably going to perform well here. They are fighting for a playoff spot now. They've been really good for the last couple of weeks, and you're looking at the athletics. This past weekend was a perfect example of why this team's on pace to lose roughly 120 games. They had a lot of chances against Minnesota. Minnesota was trying to hand them a couple of games, and they blew every game. <laughs> they lost. They got swept over the weekend, and I think it's a good sign that the Red Sox are going to win comfortably because Malcolm did not give out the Athletics' first five, which tells you how scared he is of this actual <laughs> matchup here. So I'll go with the Red Sox run line. I think the Red Sox offense is playing good baseball. They made me some money over the weekend against the Cubs, and I do think when you're looking at this matchup in itself – I'm not sure if it matters who's pitching for Boston, and the Athletics' bullpen is also still a mess, so that's not going to really fix things if Medina does pitch decently. I'll take the Red Sox run line. You're getting nine at-bats as the road team. Should be a decent price. Give me the hot bats against a really bad pitching staff. Uh, I'm a chameleon, Scott. I can adjust to many different situations. I am layered like an onion. Don't worry about that. Um, TBDBJ is throwing out... Uh, uh, Yoshida uh, base props. Uh, Yoshida is 20 for his last 43. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I, of course, I know all of that, Trip. Uh, finally, 940 Eastern first pitch is the Minnesota Twins at the Seattle Mariners. Bailey Ober for Minnesota and Brian Wu for Seattle. Plus 105 on the Twins, 
minus 125 on the Mariners. A total of seven and a half is for Scott to take us through. Yeah, so I'm actually going to start off with a player prop as my favorite play in this game. I like Wu's strikeouts over. I feel like that's definitely a nice play. Wu's been pretty good, and I feel like none of people are talking about it, but his strikeout prop's been very solid. Uh, to go through his numbers for strikeouts, he only had four against Houston, uh, but once again, Houston's one of the better offenses in the league. Did pitch well when six innings gave up one earned. Starts before that, though, seven strikeouts against the Giants, seven against the Nationals, had five against the Yankees, had nine against the White Sox, and the Twins strike out a lot. So I do think you're going to end up seeing uh, Wu pitch well in this game. I think Ober should pitch well, too, because I think he's actually a pretty good pitcher. But if you want to talk about the strikeouts per game, Minnesota is currently averaging 10.10 strikeouts per game which might sound like a lot because they're the only team that's averaging more than 10. Having said that, the team that they're barely ahead of is Seattle, who's averaging 9.79 strikeouts per game. I like the over and strikeouts for both pitchers. I see a lot of wind energy being generated in this game by a lot of swings and misses. So I'll go with the strikeouts over for these pitchers. I like the under, though. Seattle's offense against the Tigers over the weekend was not very good. And you're looking at Minnesota's offense – it was fine. They were against Oakland, which doesn't really mean anything to me. So I do think you're going to see in a pitcher's friendly ballpark a bit of a pitcher's duel here. Give me the under, but I do like the over and strikeouts for both pitchers. Okie doke. Thank you, Scott. Munaf? Yeah, just to solidify what uh, Scott said about the twin strikeout percentage uh, in on the road this season, or at least over the last two weeks, uh, sorry, over the last month, the Minnesota Twins are 20, have a strikeout percentage of 27%, which is top five uh, on the road. And then just in general against right-handed pitching over the last 30 days, uh, both the Minnesota Twins and the Seattle Mariners are tied at 27.3% as far as team strikeout percentage. So, yeah, I love that call about the strikeouts. Um if we're going to see a lot of strikeouts in this game, I like the under. Uh, Bailey Ober in his starts this season, uh, the under is 12 and 2 uh, in those starts. And on the road this season, the under is 4 and 1. Uh, so if we expect both pitchers to go along well here, I see the under 7.5 uh, between these two teams. Um, I'll go with the under 7.5 as my favorite play in this game. So maybe if you want to put a same game parlay together if you're a parlay player, like Scott mentioned, maybe you know put together the strikeouts for both pitchers and maybe an under. Uh, in this game for uh, between the Twins and the uh, Mariners in this game. Um, yeah, really close. This one, my pick is going to be Seattle on the money line at minus 125. Brian Rue's been absolutely great. Um, Ober hasn't done much wrong, and I do like him. Uh, solid, probably get max three earned runs. Close, uh, but I think the books have got it right. Seattle are better at home as well. Um, so, yeah, Seattle minus 125, although I will have stronger plays on the board than this. Um, okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 15 games handicapped. Um, we've got three minutes to get these picks in, or Sean and Ryan will have our guts for Gartners. Um, so, Scott, you can lead us off with a lock and a dog, please. All right. Uh, so, for the lock for the show, there was a lot that I actually really, really liked on today's card, uh, or should, I should say Tuesday's card. So, for this one, for the lock, I think I'm just going to go with all reliable. I think I'm just going to go with the Astros team total over whatever number that is. So I don't know what number it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be six and a half uh, as a ceiling. I don't really care. I think they're going to score nine plus runs in this game. So give me Houston team total over. I think they tee off against Colorado. It's the altitude with an insane amount of wind. 
Once again, roughly a 36% increase in runs, according to Ballpark Pal, and a 34% increase in home runs. Damn, Houston's about to go crazy in this series. Uh, give me the Astros team total over as my lock. I'll say six and a half for now. Uh, seven and a half, I think, is going to be too high. So I think six and a half is probably going to be the number. But I do like the over in that one as my lock. And for my dog, I have a couple of options here. Um, what I want to go with... You know what? I'm just going to go with the under eight and a half in the Tigers and Royals games uh, game at even money. The bullpens might scare me, uh, but unfortunately, I'm assuming the first five under will not be plus money or even money. So I can't really use it. But I do think eight and a half for a number for a total with two of the worst offenses in the league is definitely too high. Scooball and Lynch have been good lately. Lynch gave up one hit. In his last start against the Tigers, that's good enough for me. Give me the under eight and a half in the Tigers and Royals game at even money as my dog. Okay, thank you very much, Moonath. Uh, all right, for my lock, I will go with. Um, I'm going to go with the total. Let's go with the. Actually, no, I'm going to go with the Braves run line. I'm sorry, minus one and a half, minus one ten. Uh, Bright's out there against Zach Davies. I think Zach Davies will get blasted in this game. Um, don't be surprised if we see a couple runs being scored in that first inning by the Braves, and then I think Bryce Elder can uh, cruise there. Won't be surprised if, uh, if the Braves' offense puts up seven-plus runs in this game, so I, I do like them to bounce back after their first losing series since the month of May. So give me the Braves minus one and a half, minus one ten. For my dog, I'm going to roll the dice here a little bit. Give me the Padres minus one and a half, plus 145. Um, I think the spot where Alec Manoa, we talked about how he came back against the Tigers, against one of the poorer offenses in the league where – he looked really good, but now you're going up against the Padres. On paper, this offense has been should be good. But again, I think it's more of a me fading Manoa and betting on Joe Musgrove, if that makes sense, because Musgrove has been absolutely fantastic. And in his four, um, sorry, five road starts this season, they are three and one on the run line on the minus one and a half. So I think that uh, Musgrove can continue pitching well here for the Padres. I think that this may be a start with Alec Manoa. We see them Alec Manoa of what we saw earlier this season before he was sent down in Florida. So I'll take the Padres minus one and a half plus 145. Oh, you talk. Thank you, Moon. Um, my luck is going to be your total, and it's uh, Tampa Bay Rays in Texas over eight and a half. I just think both pitches uh, will go over some runs here. Bradley, we know, four, five, and seven in his last three. And Divaldi has been good, but not as good lately. And he's facing this decent Tampa offense. So over eight and a half. For my dog, um, I'll take the biggest one I can find on the board. I think Colorado will probably be bigger, but aren't listed yet. And that's Washington at plus 150. Um, it's just a, it's a fade of Tyone. It's a fade of this Cubs team. There's nothing in it, really. Um, it's a, it looks the line, like the line is insane. 175 on yeah. Tyone when the Cubs record with Tyone is atrocious. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. The Washington, I mean, I'm not thrilled about Washington, but it's a, it looks like the toss of a coin for me. Uh, and you're giving me plus 150 about heads or tails, which I would take, uh, and I think we all would, every day of the week. So, yeah, there you go. I'll take Washington at the uh, plus a buck and a half. So, so what is that, uh, though? That's 25 cents less than what you'd give me to beat Djokovic up love 40. Uh, up yeah, yeah. 45, nothing. yeah. I'll parlay them, Scott. Okay. You parlay them? Okay, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Washington National, Scott Reichel, heads. Three-teamer. Uh, we're in business. Um, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Moonaf and Scott. That was lots of fun. Uh, thank you, everyone, in the chat as well. Really enjoyed it. Um, back tomorrow uh, with more baseball. And uh, until then, we will see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>